Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Our music's dope, but if we just had John Williams' score on top of this, it'd be so much better. Someday, Sean. Maybe he'll do it for us one yeah, day. Maybe. Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? I do. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you're going to take home with you. Mm. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there was something truly special about going to Blockbuster, slipping an R-rated VHS, into the sleeve of a PG-rated VHS, nice. tricking the teenager at the counter and watching it when you got home. Got On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did is keep, keep you. Yep. I'm, I'm your host, North Dakota, North Dakota Schulte, and joining me as always, New Hampshire Prior and Rhode Island Vans. How the heck are you? <laughs> nice. I'll take, I'll take Rhode Island. I'll take Rhode Island all day, baby. R.I. Vens, R.I.V. I'm just glad uh, Ham is in my name. (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Ham's. New New Hampshire prior. Yeah, Yeah. I like that, man. Pretty good. That lot. It's New Hampshire before. Uh, before we do start, though, uh, you know, I've I've it used to be a lot of jokes about uh, you know like you know like funny porn titles that were named after movies like Forrest Hump. (laughs) Have you heard of the one that I just heard about? In Diana Jones. <laughs> in Diana Jones. That's a good one, right? Oh, man. Wow. I hope, Is I that hope what you, we're doing today? Yeah, we were just going to make fun of Indiana Jones and talk about porn. No, I was like, we were reviewing that porn. Yes. Raiders of the Lost I watched the, I watched the wrong one. I've seen it plenty of times. Plenty of times. Well, boys, on today's episode, we discuss the 57th highest rated movie on IMDb, a movie that won four Oscars and was the highest grossing film of 1981 by a landslide. The only Indiana Jones movie to be nominated for an Oscar for best film. We are, of course, talking about 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with the confused breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. Well, thank you, Lottie. One of the coolest ways to support this podcast is by joining our Patreon. You get extra perks. You get bonus weekly audio episodes just for you. You get access to a private Discord server. You get to give your modern-day ratings for every movie we do, but also... One of people's favorites, that top tier gets to vote on upcoming movies. We gave them five movies to choose from. Raiders of the Lost Ark was the unanimous choice with 53% of the vote. Fellowship of the Ring, 22%. Mm. Ocean's Eleven, 
11%. (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, 8%. Mission Impossible one, 7%. So you guys really wanted to finally see us dive into the Indiana Jones It's going to win every time. Was that that yours, I think that was mine. I wanted to start of a franchise. Yeah, I wanted a big franchise. So, yeah. And and here we are. Yeah. And actually, the new one one comes out here in a couple couple days. They're just out. out. So there you go. Good timing. If you want to influence the movies we review, go sign up. Patreon.com slash Confused Breakfast. And if you are new to this podcast, we will be reviewing this movie with a completely modern eye, 40-something years later, (laughs) scene by scene. But what we do is we talk about it nostalgically first. Got to talk about the first time we saw this movie, what our thoughts were as a kid. AJ, what about you, man? Uh, all the when I was younger, all the Indiana Jones movies ran together for me. Like it was really tough for me to like discern like which ones they were, and the only way I could was by the side characters. Mm-hmm. That's the only mm-hmm. way I could actually decide which one it was. And so that being said, I still was fascinated and enjoyed every single time. Like I would see one come on, and when I then I finally started really breaking it down. And I found out, oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the first one. Got it. Okay, neat, neat. And I started, I got to tell you, just creep me the hell out, though. <laughs> Weird. Just so much Are you spooky. serious? You were scared of this There's movie? a lot of spooky <laughs> stuff going on, guys. obviously rated our movie being PG. <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, that's not good for, for an 11-year-old. I don't know when I first saw it, you know. But that being said, I, w- I always liked... Indiana Jones, uh, the adventure aspect of Indiana Jones, because I love that. I love that adventure vibe. So that being said, um, I will. I will still give this as a kid six point eight five. No, that's wrong. But, uh, Sean, how about you, man? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, kind of the same. This was a <laughs> this is a movie that uh, I watched with my dad when he was staying with my aunt and uncle at the time, and that's where I learned how to play Ghost in the Graveyard. That kind of story. Um, and along with like Creep Show and uh, Last Action Hero, uh, we watched this movie and it creeped the shit out of me, especially you know what, the melting scene. Um, but I got to say, I watched Temple of Doom way more than I did this movie for some reason, uh, starring uh, our Academy Award winner, Q. A. Kwan. Mm. Um, and uh, I want, I really, this rewatching this made me really want to go back and watch Temple of Doom because I think it is my favorite. But with this at the time, I would have to say I'm going to give this a. Eight, no, a 6.2. 6.2. Okay, for me, guys, I actually remember watching this at my cousin's house with family, like aunts and uncles and stuff. It had just come out in 81. I was born in 82. We probably, they had it on VHS. They popped it in. I might have been five or six. Mm. This was way, way too spooky for me. <laughs> Melting faces, wells of souls, <laughs> poison dates. I can't eat dates anymore. Yeah, Asps, shit. Very Nazis. Dangerous. Nazis. I don't. My my God, I, I did not like this movie, and I would only see it on television from time to time, and it would always come up to a scary part. I'd be like, nope. So I maybe didn't fully watch this other than that first viewing until maybe like college again, mm. you know, like, so I, I have to give it a 3.5 nostalgically, <laughs> like it, 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 not for me. And also fun fact, did you know that even though chronologically, this is the first one yeah. that Temple of the Doom happened before this? Mm-hmm, it's a prequel. So I had no idea. No one knew that. No this is before podcast, before people would be like, it's a prequel actually. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way, Mike. Thanks, Happy man. Happy birthday, it's Michael. A, it's, my, it's my podcast birthday. Yeah. Podcast birthday. So, boys, that is going to take us nostalgically to a 5.52 nostalgically. Ugh. That's not good. If you're going to look at that in the <laughs> grand scheme of things, that's uh, bottom 10. Uh, we think that nostalgically Super Mario Brothers was better than this. 
and we think nostalgically that this was slightly better than Tremors is how we feel about that. Oh, I, no. I just can't have that. No. I just can't have this being worse than Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I just well, I just can't do it. We have to write this wrong. So let's let's <laughs> review it with a modern God, eye. Damn it. Sean, you're going to start us off then. Modern right. eye, you got to give us all the pertinent, important details of this movie so we can start forming that modern day opinion. What do you got? Okay, unlike Airborne, this is a big one. This is there's a lot of information on this and it's actually quite important and fascinating. So <laughs> sit back and relax. <laughs> Produced by Howard G. Kazanjan, Frank Marshall, Robert Watts, and George Lucas. Story by Philip Kaufman and George Lucas. Screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan. Cinematography by oh my god, give me a sec here. Carlton Winthrop, I think is his name. <laughs> Dude, nobody right? cares. Yep, that's no, that's it. Carlton Winthrop. Cinematography by Douglas Slocum. <laughs> Uh, he also, he also did the Indiana sequels, the Temple of Doom, and um, the one with Sean Connery. Uh, the Great Gatsby and Rollerball. Huh? Like the, hey. the old Rollerball yeah. or the Chris 74? Klein Rollerball? Okay. Yeah. Chris Klein was definitely in Rollerball. Oh, yeah. Music by John Williams, of course. Edited by Michael Kahn, of course, and directed by Steven Spielberg. Cast Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, Ronald Lacey, John Ray Davies, Denholm Elliott, Alfred Molina, and Wolf Caller, Cal Caller. After finishing up his film American Graffiti, George Lucas was reminded of his love for the old adventure serials from back in the day, like Buck Rogers, Zorro's Fighting Legion, and Don Winslow of the Navy. Lucas wanted to make a B movie that was in some in 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 the same vein of those serials, and he loved to call it the Adventures of Indiana Smith. Lucas wanted the character of Indy to be a professor and adventurer archaeologist, as well as the main villains to be Nazis with a fascination of the occult and occult objects. Uh, And that's actually loosely based off of Hitler himself being fascinated by the occult. Yeah, this is like, that's true, right? Yeah, he he was kind of, he, you know, was all wooey-woo about, um, like, getting, like, witchcraft books and, and shit like that, and, like, artifacts that were meant to, like, Power his army pretty can't much. You see, and can't instead, you, he just used meth. <laughs> can't you see Hitler just after a long day? He's like on his stomach on his bed. His legs are up and crossed. And he's like, mm, let's read about magic. My witchy books. <laughs> Wee. I love magic. Somebody, I'm like, hi, hi or hi, what is the name? Hi, hi, hi. Himmler. Yeah. Himmler pops in like, Hitler. I got you something. It's like, oh, wooey woo. Is it the Lost Ark of the Covenant? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just got you like nine black candles. Even better, Himmler. It's like a new new issue of 17 coming through. George Lucas discussed and came up with many ideas with friend Philip Kaufman for Indiana Jones and wanted Kaufman to direct it. But Kaufman was dedicated to the outlaw Josie Wales with Clint Eastwood at the time. When vacationing with friend Steven Spielberg, the two were discussing their next project. Spielberg was interested in doing a James Bond film, and Lucas said, I guess I'm better than that. Yeah. And he pitched him the idea for Indiana Jones. Spielberg then was hooked on the idea and wanted to do it. Spielberg was interested in Lawrence Kazan writing the script for Raiders. Lucas, Spielberg, and Kazan spent three to five days coming up with key scenes and set pieces for the film, and Kazan went off to write the script. Kazan wrote the script longhand, actually. The, the original treatment of it was written by hand because he's like, I don't, I'm not a typist, mm. is what he said. It's for the kids. I yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Spielberg loved the script but hated the name Indiana Smith. Yep. So the first name, based off of Lucas's Malamute, stayed and the last changed to Jones. 
Uh, his Malamute was also like the inspiration for uh, Chewie as as the Wookiee in Star Wars. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. At first, the character of Indy was to be a playboy kung fu practitioner. <laughs> that was scrapped. Then an avid gambler and alcoholic. That was scrapped. Why not? Eventually, the writing team had Jones be the fallible, vulnerable, just as capable at the comedic bits as he was at the action bits. Lucas had suggested that there be a hint at Marion and Indy have a romantic tryst when Marion was only 11. Don't like that. Spielberg shot that down and simply said, she, she'd better be older. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have that. We're going to go deep into that later, guys. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a, never mind. Well, let's not. That's, we After don't. having some trouble getting the film financed, the rights eventually went to Paramount and casting and pre-production would begin. For the role of Indy, Anna Jones, uh, those considered were Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Jack Nicholson, Peter Coyote, Sam Elliott, and Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck did screen tests with Sean Young playing Marion and was very close to being cast, but a little show called Magnum P.I. put a stop to that. Oh, mag. Spielberg had suggested Harrison Ford, and Lucas was hesitant because he had worked with him a few times before, saying, I don't want him being my Bobby De Niro as he is to Martin Scorsese. Oh, okay. Nevertheless, Ford was cast. Spielberg had seen Animal House and really liked Karen Allen. After several auditions mm-hmm. and screen tests, she was cast. Yep. Principal photography began on June 23rd, 1980. The film shot in France, North Africa, and Hawaii, as well as sets being built at Elstree Studios in London. Raiders of the Lost Ark was released on June 12th, 1981. And on a budget of $20 million, the film would go on to make third. $389.9 million at the box office. It was nominated for nine Academy Awards and won five awards, actually, Mike. Oh, best art direction, best sound, best visual effects, best editing, and best original score. So it did okay. It did a little bit. All right. Yeah. Uh, kind of mind-blowing. Uh, despite the team, imagine this, despite the team of Lucas and Spielberg behind the film, it was turned down by, like, every studio in Hollywood. Yeah. Can you even imagine that? Well, it's because of the George Lucas, his like contract that he wanted from everybody. Ah, right, it was, right, right. It was uh, he wanted like all rights and like all proceeds to go to like him, pretty much, and like just have people get their salary and that's it. And people and the and studios were like, so we make no money off this. Yes, no. <laughs> Says, uh, well, look, guys, I have two first names, and you, <laughs> you, uh, so I basically need double the double the salary. Three. George Robert Lucas. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so I need it for three people at least. <laughs> well, thanks, Sean. So up next, we talk to AJ. He does the research on critical and fan reviews and ratings. What do you got, man? Boy, we're lucky this didn't happen to Indiana Jones. It's the, the Tomato Meter. <laughs> Gross. He avoided all the splats. Okay. 93% certified fresh. That is tied of any movie we've done. Tied with Terminator 2. That is slightly better than Jurassic Park. Slightly worse than The Evil Dead. I like to point that out every time wow. a movie wow. is less than The Evil Dead. Evil Dead is yeah. like the greatest movie ever made. I, I like Apparently. to point that out. Well, so that's what the critics think, at least. I I, I appreciate that you bring it up, but then it also just kind of <laughs> makes me hate movies a little bit more. It actually makes me want to quit this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is our last episode, guys. Ninety-six percent from the audiences, so they're in pretty pretty hardcore agreement there. And this is an eight point four on IMDb. Eight point four, as you know, is just a masterpiece that is tied <laughs> with The Shining in our number six spot of any movie we've done. Nice. The that Shining. The Shining will come up later too. Wowzers. <sighs> Um, well, there is a, there's a lot of hundies out there, guys. A lot of hundred out of a hundreds, one out of ones. Um, <laughs> Roger Ebert was one of those guys. <laughs> plays like, uh, plays like an anthology of the best parts from all the Saturday matinee serials ever made. Mm. Uh, he was a big fan of this and his counterpart, Gene Siskel over at Chicago Tribune, uh, was an 100% agreeance, giving it a hundred. Raiders of the Lost Ark is, in fact, uh, about as entertaining as a commercial movie can be. Uh, what is it? An adventure film that plays like an old-time 12-part seri- serial that you see all at once, instead of Saturday to Saturday. Uh, it's a modern thief of Baghdad. It's the kind of movie uh, that first got you excited about movies when you were a kid. I feel like Gene and um, Robert... Uh, Roger Ebert uh, were like those kids like Ralphie in Christmas Story who just sat by their radio box and listened to their serial programs. Yes. Yeah. I love that. The little Orphan Annie. Yes. On their stomach with their feet up crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Reading their witch, like witch books. <laughs> just like Hitler. <laughs> love witchcraft, guys. <laughs> woo wee woo shit. Oh, woo wee woo. Mm. Get your decoder rings ready. Woo. Uh, Dave Kerr uh, was in major dif- disagreements. Uh, over at Reader, he uh, gave this 30 out of 100. Wow. And he said that it travels fast and straight down a linear plot, and the ceaseless rush quickly becomes monotonous. Hmm. It's too much. Well, it's too much for me. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I got a couple of one out of ones here, and I also took one that uh, was a one out of 10, but I don't think that's what they meant. Uh, one out of 10, boring, overrated movie. Uh, the only reason I watched this movie is because it's highly rated, uh, and it's supposed to be a classic. This movie is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This movie is so bad. <laughs> one out of ten. One of the most illogical movies that I've seen in my life. Uh, said um, Ali, Ali Resmine. Okay. Uh, this is in 2021. I'm really surprised that this movie is in the top 250 of IMDb. I can't understand why this movie is so so attractive for people. We have many adventure movies uh, that definitely are better than this. Uh, I think just because of the name of the director, uh, that's why people paid attention to this junk movie. Don't waste your time on this absurd movie. There it is. This is suitable only for infants. I can assure <laughs> you that it's not because my infant son... <laughs> Did not pay attention. So, <laughs> so your review. I know trash. from experience, dude. I know if you know what I mean. <laughs> we'll do it one uh, one out of ten here, okay? Uh, but it's great. In two thousand two, Elizabeth had this to say. Uh, Although I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark several times, my boyfriend made me gain a new enthusiasm for it. It's really a fantastic movie that has to be seen by everyone. And it's the kind of movie that you appreciate uh, more every time you see it. I think it's one of Steven Spielberg's greatest movies and one of Harrison Ford's most memorable roles. I definitely recommend this movie, so go out and see it if you never have. And watch it again if you have. One out of ten. 
<laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Just so you're basically saying we can't trust anything, <laughs> anything fan reviewed on IMDb. Like That's if you're basically completely screwed. If you're looking to see what people are thinking about this movie, you probably like based your like what I want to read off of the star rating yeah, yeah, yeah. or like their rating. Cool. So another if, person hates this movie. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let me see what they say about it. Oh, sounds like they. They fucking loved it. You know what? Wait Maybe I should second. give it another shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Maybe no, that's no. what they're doing. Maybe that's what they're doing. No, no. Maybe they're talking about somebody else. <laughs> 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 All right. One more. I have one more for you guys. This is three out of ten. Um, Vince Gambini. Great name, by the way. Yeah, it's great. Um, gave it a three out of ten, calling it the celluloid, celluloid equivalent of dad jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Right. <laughs> you, you got me. All right. You got me. Dad Jeans is a good band name. Dad Jeans, yeah. That's, you taking that one? Yeah. All right. That's my prop. Uh, <laughs> is the Dad Jeans from the review yes. title? Yes. All right. What can I say? It's one of these blockbusters from the past that enjoys a cult following among the 50-plus-year-olds, um, but is actually rather outdated, cartoonish, with some really bad acting across the board, and an annoying soundtrack. And I actually like John Williams' work. Oh. Annoying soundtrack. Perhaps the kids like it, although I have my doubts because it's as uncool as it can be. Uncool like dad jeans, and they don't think that it's worth your time. And and apparently John Williams' soundtrack is annoying. Garbage. Guys. I don't know why he even tries. Three out of ten. <laughs> so dumb. Three out of ten. At least they were honest. Well, thanks for trying, John. <laughs> I gave it a one only because I couldn't give it a zero. I gave it a three only because <laughs> I didn't want to go any lower. Okay. All right. <laughs> My dudes, the year is 1939, and we can do whatever we want. We can take weeks off at a time from our job to travel the world. We can steal ancient treasures from Don't Go Island. We can sleep with multiple underage partners without fear of prosecution. Uh We can even walk around with a whip attached to our belts. But you know what we can't do? Trust monkeys. No, Mm. never. Here we go. So in 1936, Indiana Jones recovers a golden idol from a booby-trapped Peruvian temple. Rival archaeologist Rene Belloc corners him and steals the idol, and Jones escapes. After returning to the United States, Jones is briefed by two army intelligence agents that Nazis are seeking the Ark of the Covenant and is recruited to recover the Ark first. Okay. The opening of this movie may be top 10 openings of all time and when you say opening what do you mean like we're talking the full-blown thing the full like it, okay i'll say this one of the top 10 greatest character introductions of all time because you just have this group he's he's all in shadow for like the first two minutes and uh one like it's the the soundtrack is even kind of like whimsical at this point but then when he's actually revealed when he like when the guy yep. tries to turn on him and whips that gun out of his hand when he's revealed the the music gets kind of lower you know, it's kind of kind of baritone and like ominous. It's like the, George Lucas and C- Steven Spielberg are just like this isn't your normal yep. hero. We are introducing something completely different uh, at this time, and uh, this is what he is. He's just going to be not even a badass, as we find out. You know, Th- thirteen straight minutes of pure 
iconic cinema, dude. I mean, like everything from the from the just absolute flex on the Paramount logo into yeah. the mount. Like yeah. that is a flex. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is like yeah. Don't worry, we'll do something no one's ever done. From that to to his hat to the to the fingers to the whip mm. the the sandbag the ball the theme song like. This is just pure joy. Yeah. <laughs> like this whole f- 13 minutes of awesome. How are you not in after right. watching all this? Yeah, it's it's all excitement. And by the way, we get a very young uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah, man. Uh, first Doc movie. Ock. I don't know. He's been in a ton of stuff. This was his uh, first yeah, role, right? First role, First role. Oh, uh, my God. 70s movie that I love. Jaws. <laughs> so was it Jaws? Porn, porn 70s. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. 70s porn. Got it. Alfred yeah. Molina. Good yeah, you know what it is. God damn it. Boogie uh, Nights. Fuck. The Boogie oh. Nights. Oh, he was in Boogie Nights? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, yeah. Very young, very young role for him, though. Uh, for the most, like, um, he was great. But boy, if uh, I feel like Indiana Jones should understand these pitfalls a little bit better. He sees, <laughs> he seems pretty seasoned at this point, and he's getting himself into these points of like, you know, obviously the idol. And the you know the sandbag, I love he, that moment. He knew he, all. He, he knew, knew to do that, right? He, he's and I I like that. We, he doesn't have. They don't have to explain this about him. Yes, he knows. He knows. He knows these things, and you see that in the later movies too. Of like the research that has gone into these types of yeah. things. I think we would have lost a lot of interest right away had we had to explain this. Mm-hmm. That being said, I feel like you should be expecting these these types of things quite literally. These pitfalls of like the whip. The guy's turning on you. Can you trust these people? Does yeah. he ever work with somebody he trusts? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard to find good work in that field. Hard, <laughs> hard like to find guy, good work these days. Dude, the one guy. Nobody wants to work. He didn't have ZipRecruiter at the time. Yeah. <laughs> ZipRecruiter. The guy, the guy at the beginning. I swear to you, like, because he always it scared me as a kid when the he brushes the plan aside and it's the the statue. And he mm-hmm. goes ah, and he runs away. But upon watching it as an adult, it was just one little leaf in front of the stone. Like you could see, you saw that the face was there. So that was his like out. He's like, I'm not going any further. I need yeah. to find, I got to like, do I have diarrhea? Like what can I figure out? Oh, I'll get really scared at that stone that's around the corner. Perfect. Ah! Uh. <laughs> and then he runs away. <laughs> yeah. He's looking for a way out. He's looking saying? for a way out. Nobody <laughs> wants this. <laughs> oh, I tripped. I hurt my ankle. Uh, I can't like, go in there. Well, it is pretty scary. Yeah, it's pretty he is a bit of a bitch. So just let him go. I'm just even, saying. Even the one guy's like, ooh, the poison is still fresh. It's been here for three days. They're following us. It's like, no, you're following them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're even, they're coming up with stupid ways to be like, no, I think they're following us. We should quit this. He's like, Dude, you said it's it's been here for three days. So why would they? They've been here. It's like, and, and then by the way, he's like, he's like, oh no, deadly poison darts. <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> three days. <laughs> Did anyone ever spoof this movie? Like, uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, like a scary movie type of a spoof. I'm that sure would, this, would, this movie would be amazing to spoof. There's yes. probably like a uh, like a bits of it in like a. a Leslie Nielsen yep. movie somewhere. Yep. I, I mean, it's almost uh, the movie is aware enough of itself, though. I feel like it's got to be to a degree, right? That's a like, really good point. Yeah. I think it's aware enough for itself. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially when he does make it out of there, not try to skip over the whole no, it's... temple scene, but uh, like he does come out and it's like that guy who I think ran away or something. Yeah. And he's like, 
I'm dead. Falls right <laughs> over. He's just got death by a thousand darts they, in the they back. They took the time to like, hey, keep holding him up. Hold yeah, him up. You got to you got to make it look like he's real until he comes out. His, and then his legs aren't buckled at all. I I'll, kept, <laughs> I'll give I'll give the sign. I'll go, whoosh, whoosh, and then that means dr- let just slowly let him go, but make sure he falls forward so that we can see the darts in his back. Right. <laughs> Hold him up. Hold him up. We want them to know that he's that he died. No. And, and at one point, at what point does Harrison Ford? In what like realm Harrison Ford dies? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't get under the thing and he dies in the tomb. How long did they stand outside of that temple <laughs> waiting, waiting, waiting for him? To like at what point do they go? He's not coming. Old, uh, <laughs> old, and then and then the same old. guy's still sitting there with that holding that thing. Uh, he's starting to get cold, sir. I can't hold him up. He's peeing. <laughs> oh, he lost everything. Oh, oh, he's right. pooping now. Call it, let's call it a day, guys. We're out of here. <laughs> we wrap this up. I hate spiders. I am oh. spider phobic. Oh. Un, unlike uh, uh, Indiana Jones, I do like uh, snakes. I don't mind snakes. I wouldn't say I like them. So the but, more legs, the worse for you. Yeah. Got but this. like honestly, tarantulas don't really do it for me. They don't really scare me that much. Like for some reason, I miss they almost kind of cute in a way <sighs> to me. But a lot of them. Oh no, I'm I'm the fuck out of there. Okay, you have to be in you have to pick one. You have to pick one. You're either in the well of souls for an hour with all those snakes trying to fend them off, or you're in the well of souls with that many tarantulas trying to fend them off. What do you what are you picking? It's probably tarantulas. I, uh, I think I'd I probably know. go snakes. Ugh. I think well you have to pick, Mike. What's gonna I, be? I, I have to I have to pick tarantulas. Yeah. I mean like snakes can definitely kill me. So can spiders. Yeah, but I feel like I got a better chance. I can definitely stomp on as many of them as I can. That's true. Oh, man, I don't see. It. There's the problem is we're we're just saying a bunch of that same tarantula. What if it was a bunch of like different spiders? Like it was a bunch of different That's snakes. True. Yeah, no snakes. Yep. Right? How about stay home on your couch and don't leave it? <laughs> don't leave your house. What if I just let that idol be and I just don't have to? Like why? Let's ask the bigger question here, guys. Why are we stealing this uh, deity idol, mm-hmm. this uh, fertility idol, uh, from this temple? We don't know. I, I, from what I can gather is that him and Brody like put it in their museum or whatever and yep. study it, and that's okay. all I gather. Great. What's, and and uh, what's, what's better about it being there in the museum rather than letting the people who are actively enjoying and appreciating this thing... <laughs> Just why not just one let word, it be? One word, America. America. Yes. We need it. We have to have it. That's it belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, one thing, yeah. <laughs> one thing about that spider scene is that Alfred Molina, it was like his first shot. It was the first shot uh, of this movie. And they just put a shit ton of spiders on him and uh, they, they he yelled, walked on set yeah. and they're like, cool, first scene. They yelled, roll it. And uh, Steven Spielberg was like, why aren't they moving? He's like, oh, okay, so cut. Then the spider wrangler came over. He's like, they're not moving because there's not a female involved yet. And so he put a female on him and then just like, just started crawling all over him. And then Steven Spielberg said, oh, I'm scared, Alfred. He's like, oh, I'm fucking scared. Oh, I'm scared. He's like, no, this is my scared face. I don't think think I'm going to act anymore after this. This is what it's like. This, I'll tell you what, though. This is my Harrison Ford. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of people are going to go the Star Wars route. Uh, we had him in The Fugitive. We talked about how handsome he was with a beard in, in The Fugitive. But I think this is 
peak Harrison Ford handsomeness. Like oh, he yeah. he is a yeah. gorgeous gorgeous person in this movie, mm-hmm. as evident by all the students are madly in love with him. The the love you on the eyeballs, it's crazy man. And I just want I just like have a question about that. Is like well one she took the time to do that. That's got to take some time to write backwards, backwards. in a mirror. <laughs> Um, and then like, uh, does she do, like, if there's like a teacher that she doesn't like, is it fuck you? No, she just keeps her eyes open. It's like, she doesn't blink. Oh, okay. She doesn't okay. blink She's, anymore. Uh, Andrea, why are you, uh, you having problems? No, I'm are good. Okay? No, no. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm really good. Everything's fine. Uh, I'm really fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm late to <laughs> Mr. Jones's class. <laughs> that was supposed to be like a bigger thing too. Like I said, he was, they ha- introduced elements of him being, like this womanizing character, and that's why that 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 scene is there. And we'll get to a scene later with Brody in his house. Like there was supposed to be the reason he had a robe on was supposed to be because he right. had a, a lady with him, dude. In his and room. It, it was implied too that it was a student. Yeah, like it was implied that yes, one of his students, probably the love you girl, yeah, maybe <laughs> was in his room that whole time. <laughs> It, I'm glad they didn't they didn't move forward with that because well, it doesn't it doesn't need to be a thing. It'd be too distracting. It'd be too distracting for this like fallible character of of Indiana Jones because the the him being him him making mistakes and doing these types of things it's it's what helps you root for him. I think you know absolutely that he does take falls, he does take punches, he does you know that's the kind of stuff like he gets left behind and has to jump the pit right mm-hmm. those are the things that make you that make you i think cheer for him yes. while he's quite literally grave robbing and <laughs> and and he's yes <laughs> that's that means two things <laughs> cradle See? robbery that's and really grave robbing you got it yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just one of them's getting robbed, and he's a man for the job on either end. Uh, he has needs. He has needs, and grave. apparently, he needs that fertility idol because he's got. Uh-oh. Oh, that's why he's going. Uh, okay, All so right. Brody doesn't even know he's there for this one, right? I had it in my hands. I had it in my hands. <laughs> I want to discuss this scene. This could like just be. This is like the big expedition ex- exposition dump on us, right? With these two. Government, eight, they're like army guys, right? Yes, uh, they yeah. are two army, two army, two army and intelligence. So yeah. this could be just like, and I probably when I was a kid, I was like, this is the boring scene. Like, where's the whips and where's the yeah. spiders and where's the adventure? Why are they in a classroom and uh. using a chalkboard? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. lame. But like the okay, so the, like the way that Spielberg will shoot a scene like this is that shots are one thing, and then just by moving the camera and characters is blocking and staging. Just by doing that, he creates two in one, where he just moved the camera, and then like these characters will move over here, and you'd think he like put an insert of them sitting down. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to cut to when Jones puts the book on the table, and then the camera slowly comes down on, on those two characters with the book in frame. Nothing's happened with the book yet, but we keep going to that shot, and then he explains everything, and then he's like, so what would this look like? Opens the book. The book has been there. It's been ready for you. Teasing you. And like everything you needed to know was just explained to you. And then here's a visual picture. And that's like the only cut for an insert that we have in this scene. I just think it's, there's, I'll, I'll just say it now. There's a Steve, uh, Steven Soderbergh cut of this movie where he desaturated the whole movie to black and white Ooh. and put, took out all of the audio and put Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, music in there from like Social Network and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, mm. over the whole movie. And one, this movie needs to be black and white. 
Two, it was that it was an experiment just to just to highlight his blocking and staging of all the scenes that he does, and it does really highlight it when you just strip everything away and just look at how the camera moves. And we'll talk about it in a little bit too with uh, the scene in, in when Brody comes to the house. But it just it's just brilliant. I love it. He does he does a great job with it. I think um, a lot of people are really really revere him as kind of the master of yeah. of doing that of blocking, staging, and and setting those shots. He really is. Yeah. I, we need to talk about um, looking at it from a modern eye. You, need, you have to understand this is 1939 and what it took to travel, what it took to get on planes and travel the world. <laughs> like we think of like if we were trying to go, he goes from San Francisco to Hawaii to Philippines to Nepal on that first flight. If we were going to do that same flight, it'd probably be those same stops. Okay. We're talking a couple hour layover, faster jets. This, you have to think about what 1939 travel was. He more than likely was making that really, really slow flight from San Francisco to Hawaii and then probably being in Hawaii for multiple days <laughs> until the one flight from Hawaii to Philippines took place. Yeah. Then multiple days in the Philippines till he got to Nepal. The cost of a Pan Am, t- the same flight he took one way was seven ninety nine in 1936. That's $14,000 adjusted for inflation. Good today, God. For a one-way ticket. That... My my main question I'm getting to is he just returned from the pretty much the same type of flight schedule and journey through the jungle that probably took him three weeks to get back to class to resume teaching for a day to now be gone for like another three weeks. Yeah. What is going on? What is this just a is his professor thing just a hiding you know, it's like a it's, it's a like cover. A, it's a mask. It's a cover. Or is he just the worst teacher ever? Because he's never there. Or is he just the worst traveler ever too? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't know. Dude, like he you're even, right. He even tur- he turns down champagne and falls asleep yeah. on on a 14 hour flight. I'm like, what is the matter with you, Indiana Jones? Start drinking now. Okay? Just start. All you have to do. You're vacationing. Like your travel. Your travel time is most people's vacation time. <laughs> At this point, and and I, I have to imagine he's getting to Hawaii and hoping that there's like a connection yeah, to Nepal. Yeah, he's not yeah. online. Like going, yeah. okay, well then, yeah, I'll get on. The What's next the cool the thing to day? do in Hawaii yeah. right now? He's 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 on the phone with the travel agent. That must be a hell of a job. <laughs> being Indiana Jones's travel agent? Are you kidding? Oh Are my you god, <laughs> Indy! All right. So Nepal, huh? Well, we got nine stops along the way. Do you, do you like we can we can like a couple days in Hawaii? You think or no, 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 no. Oh, so there. and then let me get this right. When you're in Nepal, then you eventually want to go to Cairo. After that, eh, we're gonna have to route you through Karachi to, to Baghdad. Oh my God, you're gonna have to spend a week in Baghdad at least until that next plane comes by. Okay, whatever. <laughs> think about that. Exactly. Is you think about it, it's like this is this is him on the on the other line. He's like uh huh, right hat in your hands, huh? Uh-huh. I uh, know. All right. Okay. Yeah, no, just let me know. All right. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. God. Hope that's kind of done with for a while. <laughs> Hello. Oh, my God. We got to send you to Cairo. <laughs> Cairo? What just happened? What do you mean you need to get of to 10 Nepal? Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need to come here. That's <laughs> all. Uh, one more nerding out thing. Uh, when Brody comes to his house, it's all one shot. Uh, Brody comes in and sits on the chair, and then the camera kind of comes in on him, explaining like the Marion thing, 
right? And then uh, Jones is out of frame at this point. And you would think like he says something, it would cut back to uh, Jones. But no, Jones walks in front of the camera and the camera follows him and it goes goes to him. Then it comes back. It's creating another shot. I have another shot. It's just fucking brilliant and like economical storytelling. Yeah. And then he's just like, uh, uh, he mentions his gun, cut to the gun, into Boom. the, into the in briefcase. The Boom. We're, out, we're, we're ready out, to we're go. Out. We're yeah. moving on. It's hmm. just so good. Yeah. Well, speaking of so good, we got to shout out Cedar Ridge Whiskey. The best whiskey in the world. Last night, it was it was my... You know, when I was young, I used to like stay up till midnight for my birthday. Be like, cool, it's midnight, it's my birthday. <laughs> I did that last night. It was storming. I sat on my front porch. I poured a glass of American Single Malt from Cedar Ridge. And I just went, I'm fucking old. Nah. <laughs> oh, Not God. as old as this single malt, though, because that's aged three years. I'm aged 41. What is going on? <laughs> but it like... I, like I told you, I enjoy whiskey so much the older I get, and Cedar Ridge has the best in the world. Like, I'm completely spoiled. Uh, we, we were in uh, Princeton, Illinois the other day, and we went to a whiskey bar, and somebody's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta try this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's just not doing it for me. I mean, it's you, great. It's aged three years. It's called Bilkers. <laughs> Bil- Bil- Bilkers. <laughs> no, it is C- Cedar Ridge. Like, go go online, go to a store, <laughs> pick up their, their flagship bourbon, pick up their American quintessential single malt, their collaborations with Slipknot. Hell yeah, dude. Number Buck nine. Six, 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 bro. Anything they make is perfection. Check out Cedar CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. See if it can get delivered straight to your door. They're Do doing that. that now. Yeah. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 Not Lewinikers. <laughs> Lewinikintendants. Say no to <laughs> say no to Plimpkintendants. <laughs> <laughs> say yes to Cedar Ridge. That's right. <laughs> so scene two at a bar in Nepal, Jones reunites with an old flame named Marion. He takes the medallion and Marion with him after a major bar fight. Traveling to Cairo, the pair meet Jones's friend Salah. Nazi soldiers and mercenaries attack Jones and Marion is seemingly killed, leaving Jones despondent. Jones and Salah realize that the Nazis are digging in the wrong location, infiltrate the Nazi dig site and use the medallion and the correctly sized staff of Ra to locate the Well of Souls. The Ark's resting place. Again, just masterful character introduction right mm-hmm. here. It's all one shot. It's just the, the shot goes on the table. She picks it up. There she is, you know, and such a cool kind of character thing to have, too. Like, that's her thing. She can out drink anybody. No dialogue later. in this, yeah. too. Just kind of like so good, man. It feels and, you know, they said this a lot. Uh, a lot of the, the um, uh, critics said this and you you mentioned it, too, in the in the scene by scene. It's you um, <laughs> that it's plays like these serials like these these old uh old tv shows the i'd like the some of the old westerns and the cool hand luke <laughs> and stuff like that right I'm gonna fucking die. And, <laughs> and it plays like these and that shot that you're talking about though of like that introductory shot of like following that glass up to her face and then locking onto her that plays that reminds me of like a saloon mm-hmm. like western kind of a shot and it's like you can hear. It's like you can hear the grain of the film. Do you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about? When you watch if when you watch something like that or an old western, that you can like hear the graininess of the film itself. And and I love that so much. There's there's a texture to this movie that I, I don't know if you, you. I just don't think any you get that anymore. Yeah. And when you are in the scene, you're not hearing anything but howling wind and crackling fireplace yeah. while everyone's just silent. 
watching them do this drink competition like that that speaking of bars we talk about bars we want to hang out with i'd go hang out in that bar no, oh, yeah. that huge four-sided fireplace and <laughs> yeah. stone walls and just every time someone comes in they're steaming so you know what feels great <laughs> in there you know i'm pretty sure that like it's it's actually just a who hot but i i, I would still love to <laughs> go there up. you like, can't say that what <laughs> you can't say that <laughs> it's like well i was gonna say it was a brazilian steakhouse but they're in nepal so, like, so it's yeah. a <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone's just like throwing eggs in the background at people. Well, you you saw the you saw the community grill thing yeah. there in the fr- you know that's what Todd or Tote or whoever whatever his name Tot. is Tot 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 Tati. But man, uh, we got we got to talk about Marion here. I think she's the perfect choice to play this yeah, role. I do too. I think she's absolutely fucking gorgeous in this mm-hmm. movie. And I always thought that as a kid, and I definitely modeled. Who, who I wanted to date in college after Marion, you know, like good looking badass that talks back and can drink more than me. Yeah. Cause I definitely did that in college. That was a lot of the people. <laughs> That's I what you do. In that college. was a lot of people I dated Bunch in college. Damn. You grew out of that. But we really, <laughs> we really have to talk about this because this is something that never, ever stood out to me until this watch. Yeah. She was a child. She, this is blank check, guys. We're talking a blank check moment here. That 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 Unchecked. blank check threatens to get canceled because of what blank check did. It had a thirty-something-year-old woman and like a fourteen-year-old boy. This is supposedly the same thing, right? So, like, you you dove into this where they're think they're implying that she was fifteen and he was twenty-five, mm-hmm. and it was a full-blown sexual romantic relationship. That and and he even like. This is just dirt. It feels dirty because she's like, you, I was a child and you knew it. He's like, you knew what you were getting into or something like yeah. that. It's like, what? No, it's mm. her fault. Yeah. It's her fault for like falling in love with an older man at age 15. And she was supposed to be like 11. Mm-hmm. And they, they're like, no, she would be more like 15. That's fine. They well, decided not that fine. Was they decided the that 15 on. was like, it's okay. Yeah. It just, it just, I mean, this movie it's is set in California. <laughs> I don't know. This movie's 42 years old. So like there's some major grace being given to that but but this is just a weird plot hole to me like why is this why is this a thing? It yeah. feels weird. And Karen Allen seems like the same age as Harrison Ford at the time. Right. Like, am I wrong? Like, I, I think she does seem younger, but I don't they think were, there would have been... They were nine years apart in real life. Okay. I don't so, think there would have been anything wrong with it just like any question of it being she was... Uh, first year in college. Yeah, while he was a TA, right? Like, why couldn't they have just gone that route and just let it go? Right, because if 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 what stands as like him being a womanizer and having like a college girl in his room when uh, Brody comes in, it's just like, yeah, it's gross, but it's legal. It's it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not. We're not saying it's okay, but it's like, well, well, at least it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and so explain to me what what is their relationship like, Marion. Was she the son of like his partner? Yeah, it seems like he was his, his partner, and like he was a little older. And uh, yeah, or it was like she a, was the daughter of his, Abner yeah, Ravenwood. Ab- Abner, yeah, and which like, makes that even weirder. It was like a son to him. Uh, uh, Jones was to right. Abner. Uh, yeah, so I think like a, a colleague or like a, a mentor. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that stuff when I watched this as a kid, a lot of this type of stuff went just right over my head. Yeah. I think it goes over most people's. Like, I don't know how many people really latch onto that. Like. That shorter interaction, yeah. right? But yeah. yeah. How about well, this bar fight, though? This bar fight's great. I just got to mention. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Like the cinematography. Yeah. A cinematography <laughs> moment where he does leave at first. 
Wait, wait, Count wait, the broken glass. wait. I, I want to cut. <laughs> I want to cut where our boy from Roadhouse is just hanging out in the corner. He's just hanging out in the corner doing his... his the up, name his is up. Dalton. I want Dalton in the corner just doing his... <laughs> <up once. laughs> He's watching them do the drinking competition. Be Nepal. nice until it's time to yeah. not be nice. I think it's time for you boys to leave. <laughs> so sorry. No worries. When the other guys walk in, oh, Ty no. walks in. He's like, "No." We just need like gunshots and shit going off and like fire yeah. all over the place, yeah. and then cut to Rick Dalton just be like, <laughs> "Go get him." <laughs> Go get him. We need the super cut. Um, so when he does walk out, there's that the door is kind of like slit or like uh, you know it's got that drain to it, dude, and just the perfect uh, like light on his eye. And I'm just telling you, man. Like this, this is the reason this movie needs to be black and white. I think it's just because it's it's based off those serials, which I'm sure were black and white. And the cinematographer Douglas Slocum, I think is his name. Yeah, let me go Bill, all Bill the way Plim- up. Yeah. Douglas Slocum. Uh, he was famous for like doing a lot of black and white movies, like noir movies. And so it just makes so much sense to me. And uh, but yeah, I just the lighting of this movie and honestly the colors later on do look really, really goddamn yeah. good. But yeah, this bar fight's cool. And that that shot where she or the barrel of whiskey gets shot and she mm-hmm. gets yeah. a drink of it before like that's something I would do. I'd be like, well, at least get a good whiskey I need, before, yeah. I, before before I, I maybe probably. die. <laughs> Before I probably get shot, I'll just have another drink. <laughs> it's, it's fair. Um, the other thing, though, too, guys, is I don't know. There is a point where I get it. There's some creepiness here. But look, man, I'm not going to be afraid of you, Tot. I'm not going to be afraid of you. You can come in with your weird leather Nazi jacket and stuff and your your silly hat and uh, and glasses. That's not a man I'd be afraid of. Are you no? serious? I don't think so. I don't know. I'd look, be more afraid of the two guys behind him. Yeah, it, <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like Hans Landa. Would you be afraid of him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's I mean, the uniforms. Maybe Ooh. they're intimidating. Uh, I. He looks like he's made of wax. Yeah. Like uh, as a human, which we find out he is later. He looks like a cartoon. <laughs> um. Yeah, he does. Well, and it's. I don't know. I probably would be afraid of him just because he's like. <laughs> He like, terrifies me, dude. They wanted to get Klaus Kinski, who's like a f- crazy actor, to, to be this part. But then uh, 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 Spielberg found this guy. He was like, he gave up acting and like went to be an agent. And, oh, okay. and Spielberg found him. He's like, no, I think you need to be in my movie. You remind me of Peter Lorre. You need to be in my movie. And so he came out at retirement pretty much from acting to be in it. I'm, all I can see is Wallace Shawn. That's all yeah, I can see yeah. is just. Okay. Yeah. And this, if, if he walked in and he, and he said. He said something inconceivable, <laughs> and he just had that moment of like, it's like, no, man, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, I see. I see now. Yeah. <laughs> well, now Put it like that. Well, you're right. Now I'm not afraid of him anymore. <laughs> Sicilian. He something about his his like caught. He's he goes. <clears throat> <laughs> he's like, and he's like, yeah, like, and he started. He goes, eh, eh, we will, we will find the medallion. He's like, he's, he's like a, a Igor to yeah. like Doctor Frankenstein. You know, like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I think that's what scares me about him is just how like completely weirdly unhinged he probably is. Like how he's allergic to like everything. Maybe yeah, that's why he wears just a like, jacket. <laughs> oh, does someone have peanuts in here? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. oh. Somebody funny. left a window open funny. next to a bowl of peanuts. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Even around a peanut. Pollen. I it, it, it is nonstop action in this movie, though, guys, because we, we've we've done this bar fight. We've now moved. We meet Salah, and then we're immediately now in Cairo, and yeah. there's that crazy battle 
attack scene in Cairo. The one, the one issue I have is that Harrison Ford, for as good of an actor as he is and how perfect he was in this role, he's a terrible on-screen fighter. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very, and maybe that was a choice, but his, like, throwing of punches and, like, it just, it's very, uh, it's very goofy to me upon rewatch of mm. this. It's not a believable thing that he would win in a fight against these people. Well, I like that about it. Yeah, I think that's what I like. Go ahead. He, well, I was just gonna say, I think, I think he has a, he has a lot of like awkward qualities. I've, I've commented on like the way he runs before. Like he has kind of a different run, even as Han Solo. Like he, there's the way he runs is different. Now he's had leg injuries though throughout his career, mm-hmm. and I think he's he pretty yeah he sustained one on this mm-hmm. on the set of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll get I'll talk about when we get to that scene, but um, but he does have some awkward qualities, and I think that again it kind of draws you back to what's endearing about him. I really I I hundred percent agree. I think it's I think it adds to his like. I I could probably try and fight. I'm not a trained fighter, and it seems like he's not either. He just has to do what he has to do at the time, you know? But I think you're saying, like, the staging of it and, like, yeah. how they how they film it. I, it doesn't really bother me. I Some of the sound effects are just, like, cheesy, but I, it's endearing yeah. to me. And you know how they made those sound like the especially the punching ones? They just, like, piled up a bunch of leather jackets and beat it with a baseball bat. <laughs> that really That's what cool. the sound is. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really bother me, but I can see how it could. But I'll tell you what doesn't bother me. We, like, we have to talk about uh, – I've known this for years. Like, I think yeah. somebody made a video. This, this, to me, is one of the coolest facts about this movie that you've probably heard is that – what Joan or um, Harrison Ford was? Everyone was sick that the whole day. Ca- except Sp- everybody but one, right? Except Spielberg, as he brought his own food. He brought, he his, brought his own canned food. Everyone was sick because they ate the local food. Yep, and and they were filming, and like Harrison Ford had to basically hit the bathroom like every five minutes. And they came to that scene with the sword guy, and there's supposed to be some long, intricate fight scene, and he's just no. And he just they're like, what if he just shoots him? And I, that is such a amazing choice. It's so much I'm better. So glad it, it's so much better. I think he. I think the verbiage that Harrison Ford used was, "Why wouldn't? Why doesn't he just shoot the sucker? <laughs> why did he? I'm just so shoot? tired. He's like he's trying to get this whip to work. They shot it like a, I don't know how many times, and they're trying supposed to whip the sword out of his hand, and it just doesn't work. He's like, why don't you just shoot the sucker? I have a gun. I have a gun. Nobody wants to fight that guy. Like, oh yeah, and I love it because I love it because he he does that, and it's not even a second thought. Yeah, it's just like it's like a pure exhaustion. Like he did just get out of the bathroom six times. He's like, he did. He just puts. Yeah, what the fuck is Marion? You know, and, but one of my favorite facts about it is that that guy, the sword guy, it was supposed to be a huge fight. And he choreographed I this know, whole thing. Not really like, good thing he got dude. so hyped up about it. He's like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to like, get in and I eventually die. It's fine. I'm going to have my screen time, though. And they're like, actually, uh, we're just going to shoot your ass. Hey, he never sorry. acted again. He's like, yeah, exactly. and now I'll never get work. I'm the guy that got shot. <laughs> the sword guy that got but shot. I mean, you know, now it's, it's the thing you know about this movie pretty much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there, there is a bit of a continuity thing I'm hoping you can help me out with here. Marion's in the basket. We're following the basket. The basket goes into the truck. The truck falls over and explodes in flames. How, how did she get out? How did she survive? I think it's implied later that she like switched baskets. Like, but we're like, we're like hearing her yell from the basket as they put it into the thing. Yeah. Mm. 
We don't address that at all. We're just like, yeah, she's live now. There's a couple things that you just have to kind of be fine with yep. in this movie. But yeah, I mean, we can talk about it for sure. It happens all the time for Indiana Jones movies for me because it's these chase scenes. It's these kind of through the city chase scenes that happens a lot in Indiana Jones movies of of sidestepping, uh, especially with Salah, 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 sorry, um, with him involved because he knows everybody. And so he kind of creates these little traps and pitfalls for like the 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 bad guys, mm-hmm. and he diverts attention very well. But man, it's really hard for me to pay attention during these these chase scenes and like trying to the car chases. This chase, it's it's really tough for me to focus on. Yeah, well, there's usually a couple things going on, which is cool too. Where it's you know like Marion's uh, being chased. And they're chasing Jones, and like he has to shoot the, the sword guy first. And you know, um, I love how he introduces these elements of that. You know, of of so many elements in one scene where it's just like it's it's never fucking boring ever. There's always one thing coming up after you know he shoots the sword guy. We're gonna cut back to Marion and the monkey or something. Well, that's know? what's so crazy about this movie. We're 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 not even through scene two yet, and like we still now have to go to now the well of souls. Yeah. And we haven't even made, we're not even like halfway through this movie. <laughs> no, it I is know. just, it is just nonstop. I, and I like it because it, it feels like it's, it doesn't feel too much to me. It doesn't feel like Never. a two hour long car chase in fast and the furious or something like that. It, it's enough of something and then it settles down yeah. and then it's the next thing and then it settles down and, and it just, it's paced really well. And especially even when uh, they, the whole chase is kind of over, which one thing too is like, you just wanted to talk to him. And so you chased him all over the city and made this whole big deal about it and maybe even killed someone. And then they introduced, like, they, they might have killed him if Sala didn't bring his kids in. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, you're just going to bring your kids in to a group of people that have a lot of guns. All right, Sala. Hey, go on. Go get Jones. Go, go, go get, get, Jones. Go go get, get, go go get Uncle Indy. Get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. bring him out. Bring him out. Oh, oh wait, wait. Ah, it's too late. Uh, I got uh, so many kids. It's fine. <laughs> and, yeah. jo- and Jones is Jones is in a bad bad place at this point. He's he's throwing out lines like, you want to go see God? Let's go together. I I've got it, nothing man. better to do. I love it. Like, yeah, he's, Marion's dead now. Now he's like, it's with a purpose almost other than just getting... You're being an archaeologist yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point. Like all the love of the, all the like the mysticism of what yep. he does is gone now. He's he's animalistic. I like it a lot. Yeah. So we go. We get to the. Um, they actually get to the well of soul, the dig site. I want to talk about one more. Yeah. Scene, go ahead. Uh, where like they they poison the dates. Ah. Yeah. 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 And so it's like the Hitchcock bomb under the table kind of thing. Like they 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 introduce the threat. The dates are poisoned. The audience sees it. No one else does, except the monk, monkey, I guess. But then it's. This exposition scene, like, oh, they they got the wrong place, right? And so, like, it could just be an, a boring exposition scene, but there's this threat, underlying threat that we know of that Indiana Jones does not know about. Oh, you're right. Until I it's done, it's it just that like way. that's how you fucking do. They're, they're telling they're telling us what we need to know, which is kind of boring sometimes. Uh, yeah. but, but also, it's not boring because we're like, is we're somebody, on edge. Is somebody gonna die? Yeah. Is somebody gonna eat this? That's fine. I didn't even think about that. That's no, cool. that is really cool. Scene three, they recover the Ark, a golden, intricately decorated chest, but Belloc and the Nazis discover them and seize it. Jones and Marion, whom Belloc has held captive, are sealed inside the well, but the pair escaped and have a fight at the airfield. So Belloc, we haven't talked about him a, uh, no. a little, but uh, I, uh, what's his goddamn name? Freeman? Paul Freeman. I really like him in this. Uh, you can kind of relate to him even, where he says, like, uh, he does kind of a point, like, I could buy. I bought this watch for ten dollars off the street. 
you know, uh, if I bury it a hundred years from now, mm-hmm. it's going to be worth millions or yeah. priceless even. It's like, that's really kind of interesting. It's like, why do we even do any of this? It's just a piece of junk, really. You know, it was, it was just a piece of junk way back then, Yep. but it's worth millions now. Uh, what do you guys think about his character? Yeah, he, it's, yeah, he's frustrating because he's just piggybacking off of everything, yeah. you know? So is so, he actually good and, and what he does? And so, and I actually, I do have a, uh, I had a thought about this too of, uh, well, I was trying to decipher it, to be honest. If he has his own underlying um, agenda, even s- aside from the Nazis, and how, and and wondering, I was wondering, I heard it one, the last time I watched the movie, if he was actually trying to get them to um, take this thing to Hitler so it would actually kill him or something. Mm. I, I kept I kept trying to decipher no, it. nope. No, but you don't be. think that's the thing, nope. right? We'll, yeah, we'll get to it later. Okay. I, now that you're saying that, no, it can't. It's I no, no. Okay. Well, I still really I like his character a lot. I think he's a great anta- antagonist. But I just for some reason I, uh, I, I you want to punch him? Not saying he's my punchable face, but I think he's he deserves a punch. Is he the main bad guy? Or is it is it taught? I would say that it's uh, uh sorry what what's fucking Belloc Belloc. Belloc yeah I would say it's Belloc. Well, so you're saying it's not psychopathic taut who shows up in the <laughs> desert wearing full-blown black leather when everyone else is sweating and he's still got that his poor leather. poor guy. He's literally melting. <laughs> he go, well, how, how could he be the bad guy when he makes such poor decisions? <laughs> Dude, and he, and he walks into the room and says, ah, always overdressing for the wrong occasions. That's what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> That's what you're doing. Really, leather trench coat? Everyone else has their white V-necks yeah. on and their their hats, and they're like, it's fucking hot. Everyone's got their chambray, like, blowing in the wind, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just still sitting there with your damn leather that just stuck to you with sweat, <laughs> looking like freaking Batman. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Another question for you. Do you think... Do you think, because Sean, based on what you just said, I think you'll you might go one way on this. Uh, Indy comes in, finds Marion tied up, and it's like, hold, hold on, if if I untie you, we're gonna blow this whole thing. Alternate universe, Indy goes, digs, finds the ark, and they actually get it out without the Nazis knowing. He's not going back for Marion. No. Right. Wait. So alternate universe. So let's what? let's like say he let's say he her? actually no. Let's say he he knows Marion's tied up and he's like, I'm not going to untie you now because we need you to stay here so that we can get the ark out yeah. and then I'll come back for you. If they actually pulled the ark out and the Nazis were all sleeping and they're cool, we can get away right now. Like we have the ark. Let's go. He's not going back for Marion. Oh, I think he is. Mm, I don't know. I think he's m- got the ark of the covenant. You know, when he saw her, it was just like he saw like he was just so happy that she was alive. Uh-huh. He like, should try hard it. to like maybe look through the wreckage, like be like, ah, did she really die in there? Sure. Like maybe <laughs> she's alive. Yeah, he didn't see her body. He, he sure yeah. didn't try hard to to see. I'm just saying, if 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 Katie if Katie's in the bathroom, she's like, <laughs> wait right. for me, I got to go to the bathroom, and you're like, cool, I'll wait for you. And then this car pulls up and goes, Sean Pryor, here's a briefcase of ten million dollars, but you have to get in the car right now, or else you don't get it. You're like. Babe, I'm getting in the car. I'll explain later. <laughs> I'll come back for you, I baby. will definitely explain later. <laughs> Sorry, well, Katie. That's I, was, the, I was helping our family. <laughs> look, that's the beauty of 2023. You just shoot her a, te- a text really quick. Exactly. Like, BRB. Hey, look on Find My Friends. Just follow us. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to believe what just happened. <laughs> I, yeah. I love you forever, but also you'll never see me again. But yeah. it is a good uh, like plot device for the script, too, to have him. It's, it's smart. 
because yeah, if he does untie her and bring her over there, yep, and then it it breaks up these scenes. Like again, you know, we go to which could be sort of boring. The scenes of her and Belloc mm-hmm. like getting drunk together. It's probably the most boring yeah. aspect of the movie in by far. But like we cut back to the dig, um, and then I do I do like that this that whole scene with her and Belloc is pretty much improvised. What was it? Yeah, they uh, they introduced that, and then like they they knew for in the script that she was the drinker so they reintroduced that into the movie and then had their like you know stick the knife on the on the table and shit yeah. it was, it's just a it's a cool kind of last minute thing it's like oh yeah do that and it was karen allen's idea to yeah do all that. yeah they well they wanted that to happen and they and she wants to get away i think it's just i i still think even after all that and with the knife and all that good stuff i still think that it was not as necessary yes. of a part. I think it took up more time than it should have. Yes, I agree. I agree. Because, yeah, it doesn't really make, make sense because obviously Belloc likes her, mm-hmm. but then he's also like, well, you're in the well. I don't really care. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I'll say this about Belloc too, because I think that's a really good point. Technically, you got to really think he's dar- he's fairly neutral to, about everything <laughs> yeah. except for getting the arc and, and kind of sticking it to Indy. And, and sticking it in Marion. <laughs> well,. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. One Those of them are wa- the three things he They really both wanted. wanted to stab each other just in different ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, but I, I think that about Belloc, where he, he, we see it several times. It's like, I don't, I don't really care. I don't have a dog in this fight other than the fact that I want the covenant. I want to get paid. Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I care about. This, um, I have a question. Like, this is a very important thing. Is, um, is this well of souls full of these snakes? Is this the most fucked up backcountry West Virginia inbred snake city of all time? Like these are all inbred snakes. Is that a thing? Uh, like, yeah. Maybe. So are they all inbred? Just, they can't leave. They're in the well. So, how are, so are they, they surviving? Just fu- are they there? just fucking their brothers and sisters? Yeah. And just being like, let's make more snakes and eating the the weak or they're, and yeah, eating they're, the they're, weak and stuff like they're that. They're banging each other and eating each other, and uh, that's I just it's just like Bella can Bella. <laughs> all he wants. <laughs> I sorry, it's something something weird in my brain about inbred snakes is like something I can't seem to get out of my mind. <laughs> well, inbred that's, snakes. That's my band name. Inbred snakes. <laughs> Listen, if you don't like snakes. Like my wife, this is the worst possible movie to watch in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this this is fucking terrifying. And there wasn't enough at first for Spielberg. What there was like I think three thousand. I think is what I want to say. These are real snakes. It, too. it was yeah. thousands, and and they still didn't have enough. They yeah. still wanted to. They still cut up hose. And put, and oh laid it down. God. They cut up sections of just hoses. Were the snakes trying to fuck the hoses? Yeah, and they're and those inbred snakes <laughs> Sorry, are just, just trying really to go at it yeah. with that. Yeah, you're really stuck on this, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine. Well, there was sorry, there was three thousand at yeah. first, and he's like, "Go get four thousand more. We need seven. You yeah, know? it's it was, and also we do really need like poisonous ones. Like, make sure you bring the poisonous <laughs> yeah. ones. Yeah, that fucking." Stand up python motherfucker. Yeah. That is poisonous. Thing. Yeah. And they, they had a pane of glass. Yeah, another like kind of well known fact about the movie is that it was just like a pretty much like a glass cage, you know, and they had to light it perfectly so it Ugh. looks super convincing. They everybody used to say, I think there was previous uh versions or uh, before things were remastered that you could see the glare yeah. and whatnot. I don't I didn't find a version that I I could see a glare. I don't know about you yeah. guys. That, um, that snake through the dead guy's mouth, that giant yeah, python that yeah. comes out of his mouth, like 
it never it never stops. It just keeps getting worse and worse. It well, does. It's 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 nightmare fuel for snake. It's haters. the mummy. It's that dude, dude at the end of the mummy that's yeah. in there with those scarabs. Yeah, like yeah. this mm. is if they don't get out of here, that is the worst. I cannot imagine what that would be like. Yeah, it's either a slow death or a slow one after getting bit. You know, <sighs> there. This is actually where this movie uh, collides with um, the Shining. Is that when they were shooting this scene on L Street Studios, they were also shooting The Shining at L Street. And uh, when Vivian Kubrick, who did the documentary of the making of The Shining, is uh, Stanley's daughter, came to visit him for the, on set, she saw that there was like unsafe conditions for the for the snake, and she called the whatever Animal Alliance or some shit and had them shut down for a day. For unfair uh, treatment of snakes, fucking Christ! Uh, if you dude. if you love the snake so much, why don't you fuck it? Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, like I'm all for it. I lo- what is that? The ASPCA or yeah. I I am all for that. Yeah. I I lo- I don't ever want it like animals being mistreated like hurts. Me. Yeah, definitely. Except for snakes, <laughs> like like no one fucking cares. Cut off his head. We don't care. That's an inbred snake. <laughs> You gotta end this lineage. I I do think that they did report there was only there was only one mishap with the whole thing, which (laughs) to me it is kind of sad to be honest. Well, okay, there's there's two mishaps unfortunately. Um, I think it was like the second unit director who who did it was a python, so it's not a venomous. It wasn't a venomous snake, but it got basically bit his hand, and he was like, "Can somebody?" Please come over. Yeah, it was like holding on to it. And whip this snake's tail so it will come off of me. And he, they did that. Like an assistant came over and did that, and it finally released. And then he went and got... And I think, I think a cobra did actually bite, bite another big python, yeah. and it, it did die. <laughs> Which is very... It's kind of sad. I know you don't like snakes, yeah. but it's sad. And I'm just saying, man. I don't think that's sad. I'm me. also wondering how smart the Nazis are, because... Um, Really, apparently, this little all you had to do is just move this little boulder, mm. and then you would be into the room of where the Ark of the Covenant is. You know how they get out? It's just a room. Yeah, and there's just like a thing, and they He's just like, go. They just push. All it. I had to do was do a little Jenga. <laughs> That's really all it was. Just, it was like Jenga of concrete walls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's right there. Everyone knows you just kind of push on a concrete slab, and it'll move. It will. Oh yeah, yeah with the you know you got enough. And just you get that big guy. You can even see it in the shadow. Have you seen that? And when that boulder comes out, it like bounces. You can see the <laughs> oh, shadow no. of the boulder bouncing. Oh, the no. <laughs> okay, so this airplane damn scene is this is just fucking legendary, man. This is what I mean about like multiple things going on at the same time. Uh, Marion's caught in the cockpit. The big guy wants to come over and fight. Finally, he has a purpose. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. No. He he all strolls right. out of there just stoked. He's like, like, it's all up to me. This is why they. This is why the Nazis signed me. Yeah, <laughs> in this moment, Enforcer Karloff is coming out. <laughs> That's uh, Pat Roach, and he's in... He's a wrestler? Yeah, he's a Papa wrestler. Papa Roach, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he was in uh, all of the uh, sequels that Spielberg did, I believe, and he dies twice in this movie, actually. God damn it, he does dies he really? in this he scene. dies twice in this movie. And uh, the bar scene he's in, he like dies in the fire, apparently. But yeah, man, like this, this is fucking incredible like marion gets caught in the cockpit then you know the the gasoline cap gets 
popped off and so that starts to spread and then these guys come over in the truck these nazis and so she kills a bunch of people there's so much going on and as this ends i'm just like how the fuck do you do this and like it's it's got to be just a blessed production in this case because as the plane is moving this way like oscillating uh the flame he's trying to get marion out he's there in frame and the flame is perfectly like just ahead of them as it reaches and i'm just like how you and that was that's real yeah like they had to do that and time that it's so fucking i crazy, noticed man. that i noticed that exact shot you're talking about on the last watch i was like what that is perfection it, like it's got to be just be like blessed like yeah it's, because if you try and do that do that and maybe they did try like 90 different times mm-hmm. but i don't know it's crazy that plane that plane is uh is not real mm-hmm. duh <laughs> which Who'd have thunk, right? Just a big old, a big old uh, 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 object that just looks like this. <laughs> Apparently, wouldn't fly very well. Vertical takeoff know. in 1939. Yeah, I don't yeah, buy it. I don't yeah. buy it. But the propellers going. I could, I was trying to find it. Are the propellers real? And they're dancing around these propellers like that. They had to be, right? I'm not sure. Maybe they were made of something else, but still, they're whipping back and forth. Because like I'm sorry, that's that right there is enough for me as well. That they're just fighting and going back and forth you've got everything that you just talked about and then you add this into the mix and they're trying to coordinate around those things Oof. i thought uh getting chopped up by airplane propellers was going to be a big deal. i 100 yeah. percent did I thought that was Michael. Gonna be a big part of life oh my i thought gosh. every time you walked up to a helicopter like you were gonna like get your head cut off yeah <laughs> like especially from watching dawn of the dead it was just gonna happen oh no yep yeah all right, boys. Scene four. Jones captures a truck carrying the Ark and evades the Nazis. Alongside Marion, Jones arranges to transport the Ark to London aboard a tramp steamer. A German U-boat intercepts the steamer and seizes the Ark and Marion. Jones covertly boards the U-boat. The vessel travels to an island in the Aegean Sea where Belloc intends to test the power of the Ark before presenting it to Hitler. It just never stops, Oh, man. weird. Another chase scene. It just never fucking stops. And these, like, I just got to say about these stunts. They're just fucking, <laughs> oh like, even God. just, like, people getting hit in the face and just knocked down those look great they look like uh home alone does those stunts you know they're just like huge pratfalls flat on your back you know it looks so good and especially like even if harrison ford's doing it it looks so much better but yeah this scene uh i I think this is mostly actually directed by the second unit director uh which i was like oh weird uh michael moore was the second unit director. Michael Moore? Dire- yeah. Like the Michael Moore? No, no, Damn. No. <laughs> That's where he got his start? <laughs> yeah. That, that, fucking, that fucking stuntman that goes underneath a moving truck, one mishap away from being completely run over by a giant heavy truck yeah it's that's one of the best stunts i've ever seen of all time yeah and there's only like maybe one thing you can notice about it which is the film is sped up a little bit okay and i so, didn't see i did it so the truck was going a little slower than that but still dude like that is just incredible looking and no one makes movies like this except probably for john wick doing these stunts <laughs> like this anymore it's just so it's it's in camera. There's no fucking effects. They just lifted the truck a little bit more and dug out the a little trench so he could kind of get under it. You know, Man. simple as that. Just put a guy under it. Did you guys know? I know you've never been to Cairo, um, but Cairo's crazy because it's like it's a desert and you've got pyramids and everything. And 
uh, well, like half mile down the road, it actually goes a million feet into the air. Oh yeah, onto these mountainous roads, oh. and then and then another half mile down the road, it's in jungle, rainforest jungle. Really, it's, that's yeah. a peculiar place. It's it's crazy, man. Like, wow. and, and it's cool because they took that road I'm talking about in this movie. For oh, the that oh the famous road. They took the famous road because you notice how they, they they leave Cairo and then all of a sudden that truck goes flying off the thousand foot right, crevasse right. cliff. Right, and then there's like a rainforest. Yeah, that's it's crazy. It's called it's called. Um, uh, highway One in Cairo. Highway One. Yeah. Highway wow. One, huh? Yeah. You couldn't think of anything nope. else. Nope. I, I actually was si- thinking of something else, and then I'm like, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> it's a sign that says, this way to Oasis. And then it's they're just playing Wonderwall there. <laughs> Maybe. You're going to be the one, that, and this, it's based off the arcs. It's the arcs interpretation of what's happening. You're going to be the one that saves me. Saves me. <laughs> Another question for you. How did they arrange pre pre Pre, you know, social media and text messages and phone and cell phones. How did they arrange the hidden garage trick for Indy? Like, how did <laughs> yeah. they arrange that? Yeah. How did he know that if he gets to this point, they guy coordinated wrote, that they're that pulling the garage, they're all going to go. Whoo, hey, we're going to set up a market. How did they set that and up? How can they tell that like Indy's a good guy? <laughs> right? They don't speak the same language. It was this yeah. Salah going, dude. I'm looking at him on Find My Friends right now. He's coming. He's close. <laughs> set up the fake market. He knows where to go. He knows where to go. They're probably like, they're probably like, well, what does he look like? He looks like he respects dogs. Well, what do the bad guys look like? They look like they would throw a watermelon on a dog. <laughs> Oh. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we get you there. Oh, that guy, all right. <laughs> like, so he, go, he goes in the garage, like, look normal. It's like some guy just got a fake broom. Yeah. <laughs> like, just doing what are you fake sweeping? things. Stuff. <laughs> one my guy's break. like on a phone. Sand <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> Can you even out that sand over there? Thank Ooh. you. <laughs> it's like raking the sand. Like, what? Hit my ball over there. Yeah. Do you, do you think if, if you were cutting things out of this movie, do you think the steamer needs to be cut out of this? Like, because it's a, it's just a short. Okay, we're we got the arc. We're on the steamer. Up now. We're now it's stolen by the Nazis so this is again. Kind of where the movie dips a little for me. Which yeah, just like like the whole ending here is it just it's not like ever boring. Like I said, no, no, but I agree. It's. Yeah, so there's something about it where just maybe the pacing of it slows down a little bit and this scene really isn't needed. Yeah. I like the boat captain a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. Katana. Katanga. 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 Is he, has he ever been in anything? I don't know. I I just, I liked, I liked it, but I was also like, couldn't the Nazis just have defeated Jones and taken, taken the Ark and they found out where it was and they went to go find it or something. I mean, it's got to give you at least a little bit back, I think as an audience of like, okay, maybe they are going to get out of this again. Yeah. But there's so much more Ah, of this movie. We need a little bit of a love connection again too. Yeah. Sort of. We need that little bit of romance. And, and this is, this is, uh, one of two, one of two of, Spielberg's, I think, favorite scenes of this movie is kind of that um, romantic scene between between them on the boat. Yeah, it's like, really cute too. It I, is, I like it a lot. Where doesn't it hurt? Here, yeah, you know, and the here, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> huh? You're pointing to your wiener here. <laughs> it is. You're that's right. Your, that's your butthole. Well, doesn't hurt. It Pucker is, up. It is really good. <laughs> But I did. But I did have a question. They never address it. Why did the when the ark was in, on the boat in the cargo bay? Why did it? Why did it black itself out? I don't know. You know how it just it, it has that shot where it just like starts on fire, kind of, and it blacks out the wording that was on there because it's a because it's a 
Hebrew treasure and it knows that it's got this Nazi casing oh, on it. Okay, so there was a, there was Nazi symbols on <laughs> There's it. There's a Nazi. There was a swastika on it with like the the bird, the oh. that iron bird or whatever. So it just you're saying it just it it knows the hatred of what the symbol is. And that's like, right. I mean, like <laughs> at, at the end when it's in an American crate, yeah. it's like yeah, America's never had like a stigma against Jewish people no, at no. all. No no, 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 no. You guys, when uh, when you know when when we wrote these, when Moses wrote this, <laughs> commandment number eleven was eventually there'll be a country named America. Yeah, and that is good. That Stars is good. And- <laughs> we love America. Stars and stripes. We're all for it. In fact, Jesus was from America. Yeah. <laughs> Little known fact. Looks like one of the Bee Gees. In fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our, we, our friend uh, LD LD kid uh, yeah, LD. Yeah, I went and saw him. He played a concert recently. Like this very um, LD LD's dad was black, mom was white, and he's been very great on like the yeah. So he was playing a show, and, and there was this large crowd of like old white people sitting in chairs. And he's like, you know what? The one thing I know is he's like, I know that Jesus wasn't white. And I saw people just be like, <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> like. <laughs> I felt super. <laughs> I kind of went. I gotta go. This is, and then he then he started doing a rap medley. I was like, no, I really like this. Okay, no, this is great. I mean, <laughs> that's a dumb story. Stick anyway. around. I, I I love the line where it's it's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. He came up with that on his own. Did he really? I love that so much. I want to use that in my life now because I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, I, just, I love I love the the love aspect of it, and it's it works really well for me. Hey, other than it could have in other movies. But. Make that your Instagram bio. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it um, as my MySpace tag. <laughs> nice, dude. Uh, one other question though. Never understood this as a kid. Still don't understand what happened here. How did how did Indy like Indy swam to get on that sub? Right? Did the sub just not do what a sub does and go down? There, there's multiple. Op- did did Indy actually sneak onto the sub before it submerged, and then after it came out of the water, he got back out? Did the sub just not ever go underwater like a sub does? Or did he just hang from the periscope? They shot that. Are you serious? Yeah. So that was like, they took that out. And this is like one of the only other plot holes of the whole movie, really, is that he just is off that submarine. He's on and off. And we don't ever see how or why, you know. But there is footage of him just like holding on to a periscope. <laughs> the like periscope's water. turning around. He's like, like looking at like stuff. Almost like... <laughs> 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 they see him. Ah, <laughs> see each other. Whoa! I de- that's that's what was going through my head. Was like I don't know what I thought as a kid, mm-hmm. but th- those were like the only three options of what could happen. And there's no way he snuck onto the sub and got off of it without being found. So yeah. either the sub just didn't do a sub thing, or he hung from the periscope. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's this is where where it does fall apart for me yeah. a little bit. Where it's, it's that mixed with the arc. What they never like really explain why it does what it does yeah. and or guess, what it we'll exactly get, did. Yeah. Let's, let's get to it in the final scene. So on the Island Jones ambushes the Nazi group and threatens to destroy the Ark, but it is captured. The Nazis restrain Jones and Marion at the testing site as Belloc ceremonially opens the Ark. It releases the spirits, flames and bolts of energy that kill Belloc taught and the assembled Nazis before sealing itself shut. Jones and Marion survive and visit Washington DC where the Ark is stored for safekeeping. So yeah, uh, hmm. he like he's he threatens to blow it up with the RPG and shit too, and, and this is another thing where I'm just like, I I get the notion of it, like how Belloc says like you want to see what's inside of it as much 100%. as I do, I get that, but it's just like as as the movie goes on, it's like, okay, if he got caught one more time, I'd be like out of it, I think, <laughs> you know, 
Like caught, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's just you keep doing this and it's getting a little old. Just that like getting caught and then like escaping, getting caught and escaping. I know it's like the whole swashbuckling hero thing, but over and over again, it gets a little old. But there's thoughts about, AJ, you probably read about this. Like there's many thoughts that Indiana Jones is not good at what he does. Oh, yeah. That he literally did nothing. He did nothing throughout this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Have you read about that? Yeah. Like it, it's that... He is the big nerd that he actually is back at the museum. Yeah. Then he's he just goes after these things and he just gets super lucky. He didn't actually affect the plot in any way. In yeah. fact, the fan theory is that if Indiana Jones had not actually interfered at that airport and had not destroyed that plane, that arc would have made it back to Hitler and Hitler would have opened it. <laughs> And Hitler and all of his top guys would have died. World War II would have never started or would have immediately ended right the there. The first Operation Valkyrie. There we go. See? <laughs> Indiana Jones suit. actually caused World War II. <laughs> Tom oh, Cruise is sitting my. there just like with his one googly eye. And he's just like, <laughs> he's, he's just like, what's in that thing? Well, I got, <laughs> what's in that thing? <laughs> Oh, there's a bunch of weird lights and spirits and shit that'll come out and freak you out. Uh, what? Open it. Well, I'm going to leave this suitcase here, and I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> no, I like that. I think that there's there's a lot of that that that's true, where, you know, like, we, we've done some movies where it's had this kind of character in it, where it's just like, he affects the plot, but like, uh, Ryan Gosling and Nice Guys, kind of. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. Where like he's just, he's really not doing anything. <laughs> And honestly, getting himself into more trouble and other people. He's into doing more stuff trouble. to himself. Yeah. <laughs> it does beg the question of, like, let's say it just got back to him and, like, he he gets away with Marion or whatnot, right? And, well, at least we got away. And it does make it back. Who's to say that, like, is Hitler, like, really into all this stuff that he could have <laughs> controlled this and not Belak, right? Like, because this obviously must be, it's sure. an uncontrollable power by all everything we've seen. And it's not like you just Hitler's going to march this out somewhere and then release it all. Well, and to Sean's point, like it, it just doesn't tell us really what what happened. Did they yeah. were they killed and taken to heaven? Because it went up. All the be, the bad people went upwards yeah. to heaven. Or was that or like if Indy and Marion had kept their eyes open, would they have been killed too? Or is there this weird way of knowing who's good and who's bad? Because, like, their ropes are, like, purposely burned off their hands. Yeah. As in, a, like, you're free to go. You're good people. Yeah, we like you. You're Americans. What, and like what if the... they did steal? What if they did actually get it and take it back to America and then they opened it? Would it have done that? Right. That, that's what I wish they kind of would have got into a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, there's all this leading up to it, and we get a good explanation of, like, the amulet, amulet right, and the, and the Staff of Ra, like, all this stuff. We get a lot of this, but we don't get much of of if there's any way to actually control it, I guess, yeah. you know, and how, why it works the way it does. And if I was going to say anything, guys, I think the most unbelievable part of this movie is that if my wife and I <laughs> were tied up and I said, I said, babe, keep your eyes shut. <laughs> keep your eyes shut. She'd be like, okay, I'm keeping them shut. And then peeking, and I'm like, your, your wife's dying immediately. She's dying immediately. 
Is that when they're like, oh, hey, babe, don't look behind you. Yeah. But, but that's AJ and Alicia, and we haven't talked to them in years. Huh? Huh? <laughs> where? Who? Where? <laughs> what did you just say? I have no idea. Hey. I just heard don't look, and I'm going to do that. Where'd you hide my Christmas presents? I'm not telling you. <laughs> well, I'm going to find them anyways. I know. <laughs> She's oh. always going to peek. It's the principle of the fact. She's always going to peek. <laughs> uh, Sean, we're going to consult. I'm hoping you might know this. We're going to consult the Jarrett Layoff Confused Breakfast Actor Database. Do you know what actor in this movie has been in the most films that we have reviewed so far? Motherfucker. It's so... Like I would, I would hope obscure. you would know this, but but it, I would never blame you if you didn't know this. It's not Harrison Ford. This is our second Harrison Ford right. movie. Uh, I don't believe um, Kate Allen, Karen Allen's been Karen in anything Allen. yet. Do you want me to help you? Because it's it's man, it's tough. John Ray Davies? No, Ted. Oh no, oh, God. Ted Grossman. Do you know who Ted Grossman is? Oh, it sounds familiar. Ted Grossman was a Peruvian porter in this in this movie. Uh, he was the dead guy in the clot, the dead FBI agent in Goonies in the in the icebox, oh, which wow. also means that he was the guy that got killed by the shark in the lagoon in Jaws. He's been in three. Remember? Wow. He's been he's been in three movies. The only next there was a bunch of people too. The one that we do need to point out was William William Hootkins. William Hootkins plays one of the American suits. Okay. Uh, Major Eaton. Did you recognize Major Eaton at mm -hmm. all? That's Eckhart from Batman. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's Eckhart from Batman, who's also Porkins in Star Wars, the X-Wing fighter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Can oh, you believe wow. that? Wow. Yeah. 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 He Holy looks crap. he looks a lot like he looks terrible in Batman. Yeah, he does. He like he Awful. had a rough, rough couple years between this <laughs> and We went that. in on him in Batman. <laughs> he was our most punchable face in Batman. In fact, do we have to do we gotta go punch him in face? One. Okay, here we go. Hit it. If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's the one German who just like kind of slyly sits there with his feet up and is listening to their record. Oh, that motherfucker! I I don't like him. Uh, He's like his, the, the job's done. What do I got to worry about? You know? It's, yeah, his name is like Heimlich or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Hans Heimlich. Uh, I think it's Heimlich <laughs> maneuver. Heimlich's ma maneuver. Um, you got one, man. I it is the. I think it's the same guy because. It's the guy who throws the watermelon th or the, the, the fruit and hits hits the, hits the dog. We don't see it actually hit the dog, but yeah. you hear like, ah, ah, and I'm fucking, like, fuck that guy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I actually, funny enough, this will be the second time I punch him. I want to punch Major Eaton, uh, the, the second suit. Okay. Uh, the William Hootkins character, like he just oh, rubs yeah. me wrong. He's the the other guy's like genuinely interested in like we got it back, and this guy's just like mm, yeah. I just is don't that like Eckert? Is that yeah, yeah Eckhart. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who? <laughs> Top man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then it was the thing with him and Marion at the end. I think it's a San Francisco. Uh, like there's something that might Congress, be DC or something. Cause like, I think we, we're, we're the, shot at anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so that, that wasn't in there. They went back and did that because there wasn't any closure with that. Oh, okay. It was just like, yeah, I, I guess that's fine. But then like they hide the arc in the, in the U S vault. Yeah. Well, and that's never brought into the sequels. Do you, ever, do you, I don't do you think, not like really. that? I just didn't, when I first watched it, it didn't make sense. And now I watched it. I'm just like, Oh, I, I, 
Well, okay. So I had a comment on this. I I wanted. To, I don't think we really talked about the melty face much. No. Oh no. yeah. Let's no, it's too spooky. I wanted to talk about this because I I do think it's important. I and mean, we'll come back to the the all the the boxes, but it's like it's like okay that that right there that was the creepiest thing. And I'm finally guys. I'm proud to say now in 2023 I was able to watch this entire scene. Really? Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't wow, as a child. Dude. I couldn't turned do away, it. Turned away immediately as a child. It. But you actually made it through. On this I one. made it through. Good for you, buddy. And I am I'm pretty. Pretty stoked. You know what myself. it is? Uh, this I is, have some this... other things that you could watch now. Well, well, don't, let's, no. let's not. Okay. Okay. This <laughs> one at a time, dude. You literally made this spooky. man watch The Evil Dead, I which did. prepared him for this moment. It's true. I think so. It's true. Small moves. Yeah. Small moves. Okay. This is. I mean, I got a. New, I got another one for you. All right. When you're ready, let me know. All right. Well, give me. Wait till give me he hears, Wait till you hear what summer summer seventies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that this is an important scene though because we we see it happen twice over. Like, and then you see what happens to Belloc too, and that was the part that was going to make this in our movie. That's right. You know, and you mentioned it before. This was not PG thirteen didn't exist at this point until Temple my of Doom. God, are you kidding? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. PG thirteen didn't exist. That's at why this point. I watched it in my own house. I was like, how could he let me watch this? Yeah, that's see? why. Well, we're parents. We're guiding him. <laughs> PG. Oh, that should be just fine. Oh my god. <laughs> But that that head explosion was too much, and they've superimposed that fire over the top to just kind of wash it out just enough, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it suitable. And then, so that was enough for, like, all the people to be like, no, this is rated R unless you fix that head explosion. Well, we put fire it over it. Oh, that makes it better. That's that's worth a PG. (laughs) Yeah, you get a PG now. Head explosion from hell. Yeah. Yeah. We like that better. Fantastic. I do want, in in that aspect, I want to talk about how violent this movie is. Like, even like the gunshots and shit. You know, when Marion fucking kills like 11 people Mm -hmm. in this movie. She's got a higher body count than than Indy does. It's proposed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, She might have the highest body count of anyone in the movie. It's It's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, like even like when she's shooting those guys, you can see red spray, but it, that was actually red cayenne pepper, and it was like, it was bothering the stuntman, obviously. <laughs> like even when people get shot in the shootout in the bar, like you know, there's red splats on their head. Like I love it is. that this movie is this violent. Like it makes it even more. I mean, I it, violent uh, movies are catharsis. You know, yeah. it's I I like seeing violence in movies. It's fun to me. And I like that they went that far with it. I re- and then it, it makes it better for me. I like, I want movies like this nowadays. Yeah. Movies are just kind of safe. Like, mm-hmm. fucking blow someone's head off in a PG movie. I don't care. Yeah. My um, Pixar. Pixar. Come on, Pixar. Let's see some head explosions. I want to see Shrek's dome just go. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that dong. I want to see that Shrek dong and dome just out the door. All right. Anyways, uh, the final scene of them, and it says, and you got Porkins, and he says, top men. And then they're wheeling it away. I will tell you that when I was younger, all I thought was, wow, they got a shit ton of arcs. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder they got them all right there. Look at all those arcs. I never there's thought about it. It's the arc room. Wow, there's it's the arc room. It's, how many un- arcs? it's under the Congress building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they must really like their arcs. You know, because America. Yeah. <laughs> I like I actually liked it. I like the ambig- ambiguity of it and yeah. then like the wonder of like, holy shit, what if there really is a place like that? Yeah. I like that. And I like that they don't explain that. Other things I wish they would have, but that was cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. That's well, it. What do you think, boys? Well, we in prop. Oh, you want to go proppers? Ooh, here's a prop. I said it first. I'm grabbing that whip. You can't have that. I want a whip. I think I need a whip. I think I'd be good at it. Okay, bye. 
I'm thinking about lately. I've been thinking about uh, going shirtless in the summer. Yeah. But but like I see a lot of young kids, they they're like jogging shirtless, but they're always wearing a necklace. Okay, which is weird to me. Oh, yeah. uh, but no, so I think I'm gonna wear necklaces. I want like the the medallion Damn. necklace. I want the medallion, yeah. Yeah. and I want it to have burnt taut skin on. Well, it's yeah, gonna, on be, the skin on it's gonna be burnt on your chest for sure. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I want that. That's what I want. I'm gonna wear that when I go jogging. Jogging. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, gorgeous. Uh, well, guys, I think I want. I want uh, Tots glasses post melting. <laughs> just post melt, soup, soupy and goopy. Yeah, I just want to pick him up and just kind of shake him off, and then <laughs> check what his prescription was like. Be like, huh? And then put him in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. In- good information. That's all I would do. <laughs> well, none of us took the ark. Nope. There it is. Or the squatting lady at the beginning. <laughs> All right, everybody, we have dissected this movie with a modernized, stripped away the nostalgia. It's time to give it a modern day rating. AJ, what do you think about this movie? I think the I think it it's a it's it's awesome. I think it's a great movie. I think it uh uh getting getting to rewatch this and I, I love that even in like these remasters and everything, you still like I said earlier on, you still get to kind of like feel the grit and the grain of this movie. You still feel like you can hear it. Um, at any given point. And I love that about Indiana Jones because I feel like I'm watching this uh, almost kind of a Western vibe movie and watching a hero that is a hero by by accident, you know? Um, I also, I do really think it's funny when you mentioned that had he done anything or or not done anything, this story probably would have worked out better. (laughs) I think that's hilarious. Um, that all being said, though, um, I do really enjoy it. I, I it's, like you said, Mike. This is my Indiana or my my Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. He all. This is how I picture him in that hat with the whip, everything yep. right. Um, so I, I am I am going to go ahead and give give this an eight point three. Eight point three for AJ Sean. What about you, man? Yeah, I mean it's kind of cliche to say at this point, but Steven Spielberg is a goddamn master. Like it's just mm-hmm. it, no matter what he does, and like this team of George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan and Steven Spielberg, just worked goddamn swimmingly, man. And he Spielberg will take a, a concept like this, where where he could have just been like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a handheld the whole time or something, you know, kind of make it easy on himself or rely more on the effects that he did. But no, he takes the time to film make even just the exposition scenes. Like he takes time to block and stage all the actors, and it's just so well helmed and that's mostly where my rating is coming from and then you add in this this just a fun fucking movie and it never lets up i like the violence like i said i like all the actors i agree with you guys it's the best harrison um except for the newborn Mm. um (laughs) all right uh (laughs) but um yeah there's some it just kind of falls apart like i said a little bit towards the end and but it doesn't really make it not fun you know, I still think it's a great fucking time. Uh, I kind of it reminds me a little bit of the feel of Goonies, and so I'm gonna go Ooh. a little bit, uh, a little bit lower than that, an eight point four nine. Eight point four nine. You guys were pretty spot on this. I think I agree with everything you said. I'm very excited to check out Temple of Doom next because, like, 
I, I always thought Temple of Doom was my favorite Indiana Jones, and I'm not sure now because this was such a fun rewatch. There are ways this movie could have been better, uh, but it's it's fantastic. I'm going to call it an 8.55, actually, nice. is where I'm going to go with this. So by the hair of his chin, executive <laughs> producer Josh Miller, who picked this movie. He didn't pick it. He He's the executive producer yes. on it. He finally got me his email, so we're going to go right. back and see if his nostalgic uh, score changes. He said, first off, let me say I'm pretty excited today. I'm at the airport right now flying to Illinois to go see this band. They're called Something Tornadoes. <laughs> Talking, taking some time to write this and taking a break from TikToking. FYI, that's where I learned about you guys. Raiders is a great pick for this month as the fourth Indiana Jones movie releases. As the fourth. Yes, correct. I know, I know. Some will mention another movie that shall never be named. Aliens. Frickin' Aliens. South Park said it best. George Lucas fucked my childhood. Sure, I was an adult when it came out, but I'm still a kid. I'm still a kid at heart. I definitely didn't see Raiders in the theater, but I did certainly see it at home. I remember the first movie um, I saw in theaters was Platoon at like age nine. Jesus. If you ask me what my favorite Indiana movie is, it's Raiders or Temple. Or, well, could it be Crusade? They were all amazing. <laughs> all of them were so memorable. The monkey brains from Temple, the horrifying melting guy from Raiders, the aging dude from Crusade. I would take Indiana Jones movies over any of the original three Star Wars. Wow. Have I Ooh. mentioned I love this movie nostalgically in 8.8? So he's actually going to bring us up in score on 8.8. Uh, still, still pretty low. But let's see what his modern day thought is. He said, like many movies that I've had the opportunity to review for this show, I've seen this movie countless times. Every time I watch it, it's no better or worse than the last. That's relatively good. So trying to be more critical, more detailed this time, did I find more flaws? Sure. Are there continuity errors? Absolutely. Are there just outright goofs, of course? Yes, completely. Uh, it's so hard to believe this thing is 42 years old. It's definitely showing its age, but it's still just a ton of fun to watch. For me, what would be absurd in another movie or franchise is just Indiana Jones here. I don't mind giving it a pass. Now, fast forward to Crystal Skull for some reason. I can't be as forgiving. <laughs> Maybe because it was so long in between, and if it's and if it's just not as good, it shouldn't have been done. Maybe I should give it a shot, but I'll finish with my score. I love this movie just as much as I did before. My score says the same, 8.8. Wow. Man. So you put that all together, guys. We are in 8.54. Hell yeah. I feel so good about that. Do you feel that. good about that? Do you want yeah. to know where that lies? 8.54 slides that into slot number 14. That is 0.01 better than The Shining. And that is slightly lower than Aliens. Okay. You know what? Just because of the Vivian Kubrick thing and the snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. okay with that. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's exactly you why. Up, Vivian. It's your fault. <laughs> you it's your fault. It <laughs> well, thanks, Josh. We appreciate you, as always, being executive producer. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next week. Back to the Future 2. I think this is our first sequel like first double up that we've yeah. done at this point yeah. aliens but yeah we didn't do the first one yet. yes so this will be the second the first time we've done a second part of a movie and after that fly to the navigator Still pretty excited baby. if Damn. you don't know what that is you got time you've been warned go watch it because mm -hmm. that's yeah. going to be a good one uh if you're new to the podcast go back this time last year wayne's world Oh, yeah. How was that a year ago? Come on. Felt like now. we were here a month ago recording. Yeah, that. no kidding. Everyone loves that movie. Yep. And don't forget, we have a voicemail. Call us 319 804 9596. Leave us some feedback like today's caller. Hey, this is Nathan over here in Ames, Iowa. Um, I'm loving your guys' podcast. I'm listening for about a year or so now. Um, I just wanted to ask have you guys noticed that every time you guys do a podcast, 
that the movie you guys do kind of uh, pops up on all the Netflix and Peacock and all those other forums that mm-hmm. they're not popular online. Um, I noticed it first with Starship Troopers last week and kind of looked back and looked some stuff up and found that a lot of your movies you guys do kind of um, make the Watch Now popular uh, line there on all those streaming platforms. So good job. Way to go. Love you guys. Have a great day. Yeah, it's a proven fact. They've been following us. We've been told that uh, HBO Max, Prime, Hulu, that they have a rep, a person that works for each of their companies that just listens to our podcast yep. mm. and is made aware of what we're going to be doing next, and then they get it in line. They We've have been exceptions told sometimes, though, where it's just like, you know, mm. Airborne? Now nah, keep that on YouTube. Ooh, Super Mario Brothers, we're not going to put that nowhere out. nowhere to be found. Nah, bury it, which, yeah, you know, bury that. they tried to save us, maybe. <laughs> They're trying to do us a favor. Thanks, Nathan. I um, uh, appreciate you listening in, and you're from Ames, right? Is Ames. that what he said? I'm in Ames all the time. Uh, so you guys uh, should meet up, have lunch. We should meet up, and have lunch. There you go. Go have go have lunch with Sean. You guys, uh, make sure you give us a whole five star sandwich uh, on on the podcast review platforms. Professional that were there. All right, uh, Spotify, <laughs> Apple, give us give us that review, guys, and uh, write something while you're at it because we love reading them in our spare time. Uh, and Please uh, check us out on YouTube and any other social media. Search for Confused Breakfast, just at Confused Breakfast. We'd love to see you there. Go to ConfusedBreakfast.com and search our merch store. You can get some shirts. You can get some koozies. You can get some Arcs of the Covenant. <laughs> some bull whips. <laughs> From uh, our warehouse. We'll, put, uh, we'll wrap it up in a box and put an America flag on it because Nazis Woo! suck. Yeah. Uh, and you can go to that same damn website and see our ratings and see where this landed, see where it landed for the show overall and individually. Thank you. Goodbye. And please support all of our sponsors. Use all our promo codes. Uh, get us on Patreon.com slash Confused Breakfast. Directly sponsor this show. Uh, we are produced by the Upload Media Group in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We got Craig at the controls. Up, UploadMediaGroup.com to learn more. And we are part of the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Learn more there. Cloud10.fm. I think that's it. It's not the years. It's the mileage. Keep your eyes shut. I, well, I want to say one, too. It's a, it's a movie podcast. Can I say one, too? I want to say, you want to go see God? Let's go together. I got nothing better to do. Jesus Christ. Okay, bye. Happy birthday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.